Welcome to the fifth edition and last edition of the Box of Chocolates podcast. I'm Orenthal James with Rose Arbor here. And one thing you'll notice that's different about our final podcast is we are broadcasting entirely in helium breath. A fine, fine application on this GarageBand laptop. In today's episode, titled The End... The last three chapters of the book, Wuthering Heights, written by Emily Bronte, will be discussed, as well as, wait for it, drum roll please, a chastisement of Heathcliff for being a pathetic loser done also in helium breath. Correction, I said the last three chapters. That is false. This is the last few chapters up through chapter 34 of the Wuthering Heights novel. In the beginning of chapter 29, Heathcliff appears at Thrushcross Grange after the funeral to take young Catherine to a new home. He says that he has punished Linton for helping her escape. Catherine angrily retorts that she and Linton were in love. She says no matter how miserable Heathcliff makes the young couple, they have revenge knowing that his cruelty arises from his greater misery. While Edgar's grave was being dug, Heathcliff had Catherine removed. He said that she was still recognizable. He also had him take the side of the coffin off on the opposite side of Edgar so that while, when he died, they could be together. Nellie chastises him for disturbing the dead, but Heathcliff says that Catherine's ghost has tormented him every night for the last 18 years. He says that he feels her presence without being able to reach her. Heathcliff treated Catherine very poorly. He didn't allow anybody to be kind or helpful to her, and she had to tend to Linton until the day that he died. The only thing that could save Catherine after that would be another marriage, Nellie said. Heathcliff also says that Harrington had begun increasingly to resemble Catherine, so much that he couldn't even bear to be around him. Young Catherine and Harrington didn't get along, but when he was outside one day, he accidentally shot himself and was forced to remain indoors to recuperate. In that time, Catherine and Harrison's relationship began to, to get better. She promised that she would teach him how to read. Nellie said that the two young people had gradually grown to love and trust each other and that the day they were married would be her proudest day. The morning after, Catherine gives Harrison the book and tells him that she will teach him how to read. She and Heathcliff get in an argument over her inheritance and her relationship with Harrison. Heathcliff seizes her and nearly strikes her, but when he sees her face, he suddenly lets her go. Apparently, I'm seeing something in her eyes that reminds him of her mother. Nellie thinks that so many reminders of the dead Catherine seem to have changed Heathcliff. In fact, he has confided to Nellie that he no longer has a desire to carry out his revenge on young Catherine and Hareton. As time passes, Heathcliff becomes more and more solitary and begins to eat less and less, eventually only taking one meal a day. However, eventually he refuses all food. He also says that he'd be left alone. He also becomes very strange, he begins to murmur Catherine's name, and he insists that Nellie remembers his burial wishes. Soon Nellie finds him dead. Nellie tells Lockwood that Heathcliff has been buried and that young Catherine and Harrington shall soon marry. Their wedding day is New Year's Day and they're going to move to Thrushcross Grange. When the young lovers return to the house from outside, Lockwood feels an overpowering desire to leave. He hurries through the kitchen, leaving, and tosses a gold sovereign to Joseph on his way out. He finds his way through the wild moors of the churchyard, where he discovers the graves of Edgar, Catherine, and Heathcliff. Although the villagers claim that they have seen Heathcliff's ghost wandering about in the company of a second spirit, 
Lockwood wonders how anyone could imagine unquiet slumbers for the persons that lie in such quiet earth. Heathcliff, your life is an absolute mess. It seriously is. Your life has been the manifestation of horrific. I have never seen something so hideous since Mel Gibson's mug shot, let alone Charlie Sheen's recent run-ins with the law. Charlie, you cannot carry a suitcase full of cocaine and not expect to get caught. You remember Jay-Z's 99 problems? Subtract 98 of those problems, Heathcliff, because you only have one. Your only problem is Catherine. Good lord, Heathcliff. Let's be honest here. You definitely did not wear the pants in that relationship. You let Catherine degrade you into thinking that she was the only girl in the world for you. She is not Rihanna, the last time I checked. There is a sea out there, and many other fish swim in it. I feel like sorting through my younger brother and sister's love lives reading about yours. Get yourself over it. Not only did you let her have your way with you, but you let the memory of her haunt you to this very day. Your own senseless pride in her, despite her publicly rejecting you at every turn, led to your downfall. I have zero, 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 zero. sympathy for you. You have confused yourself more than Whitney used to visiting a Coca-Cola plant. Not only can you not let go of Catherine, but you treat your own son like a red-headed stepchild, and I'm pretty sure he does not have red hair, although it does not mention that in the book. Good golly, I cannot believe you. As an outside observer, I have no interest in finishing your story. It is a train wreck. I don't even want to read it no more. I, I just can't. It's too depressing for me. I can't. I, I, I don't even want to do it. I mean, so, I mean, there are a few things worse than you, Heathcliff. You are an absolute monster. You treat everyone around you like crap because Catherine treated you like crap. If I treated everyone, everyone around me like crap because a woman treated me like crap, I would treat everybody like crap just like you did. You're a terrible person and a terrible, terrible father. And you will live that down for the rest of your life. You ain't even alive anymore. You're a fictional character. I don't even know why I'm stressed so much over this. I, I can't, even, can't even describe myself. I'm just empathetic dwelling on your memory. And that's all the time we have for today. For Rose Arbor, I'm Orenthal James saying thank you for listening to every one of our professionally made podcasts.